Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Logics. I'm a little sad today. Holidays. Happy holidays. Oh, that was last episode, sorry. It oh, was the last holidays. episode. So holidays, why are you sad? Please tell us. Uh, well, first and foremost, it's championship week, and I'm not in it. But we knew this day was coming. The Jekyll and Hyde approach, though, I'm going to be Jekyll for a second. And completely be happy about the fact that I did win my way to at least one first round draft pick. There you go. That's what we preach here, right? We're a podcast for everyone. Rebuilding, winning, in between. Good strategies for everything. That's what makes it great. All right. How are you doing, sir? You know what? I got, I got one redraft finals. My dynasty teams came up a little bit short. I lost to an owner who was a little bit better than me this year. And this crazy year, I'm not disappointed. Did I make the playoffs? Yeah. As I told a guy who decided to talk trash to me, one league, I won the division every year. I got enough titles. You can't win every year, right? I win enough. My future looks promising, right? It's a lot we're going to talk about today. And some of these rookies that we talked about all season, you know, now you get to see some of that solidation right there in December, our favorite time. You get to see payoffs and, you know, potential and flashes and stuff like that. So, you know, if if you're out or you or you're in the championship game, either way, you're looking at that dynasty. Like you're always you're always should be looking a little bit ahead. You know, and that's the fun. That's what keeps people alive. Like you said, you could be out a bit a month ago, and I had owners who were, and they were already talking to me about next year. Great, that's what dynasty gives you the hope. Unlike redraft, where if you're out of it in November, you probably don't talk to me at work for another nine months. <laughs> so you know that's why we love dynasty because 365 all year you're always putting in some sort of work having some fun talking some football speaking, of, fo- speaking of football all right speaking of football we all lost a legend in the football world Bob, you want to tell us who that was it's tragic it really is i mean um anybody who's listening to this podcast Loves the game. Um, and John Madden is boom. He is boom. Tough acting, ten acting. He's every catchphrase you could have imagined in the 80s. He's your video game icon. You loved Madden. You, you did, just you loved did, him. You, you just, you just love yeah, what he did. Yeah, and, I, and is that is, you know what? I'll sum it up for you because I know it's hard for all of us. And I, and I, and I Said it to you earlier. John Madden is legendary, right? Not only that, but if you look at his career, what he's done, like that'll never be repeated. The guy is a Hall of Fame legendary coach, right? Hall of Fame broadcaster, right? And Hall of Fame video game, right? Not going to be, right? He covers every generation. And you're right. A lot of people only know him from the video game and, you know, maybe from broadcasting back in the day. But his name will live on. For those reasons, you know, maybe you're like, oh, he actually coached. Like, maybe you're only a video game guy. Fine. You know, whatever. But, like, 
Madden is who he is. He changed. He changed the game. He, you know, he was the original. When you know people talk about the Mannings, who's the Monday Night, and they break down the plays. Madden brought that to the booth. Like that was he was the original, going the guy and open up the world of football to regular Joes right. like us. He didn't understand anything. You know that guy helped. I know he helped me and he helped you teach us football stuff that we didn't know on a weekly basis. While he said cool kids, ready like boom, right, and then threw a chicken leg at you. It was great. I lost. Turkey leg. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't turkey games. leg. Le- 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 it was turkey leg. Yeah, Thanksgiving game was legendary. So So which was turkey. It, it was a, they were all spatchcocked. So and for those listening, a spatchcocked bird is basically practically deboned and butterflied or cut in half and then flattened out. So you would take a spatchcock turkey, lay it out, throw some stuffing in it. Then you would take the chicken, spatchcock that, lay that out, put another layer of stuffing, and then a duck. And then you you just wrap that bitch back up, you deep fried it, and you have what we grew up watching Fox broadcasting on on Thanksgiving Day, everybody ripping into a leg of turducken. It, it, it was it was glorious. It was the all Madden teams. It was a badge of honor. Whoever got put onto an all Madden team, that meant you laid your body out on the line. You played with grit, tenacity, and and you carried yourself with honor. And quite frankly, that's it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why you had to love a guy like that because that's how he carried himself as well. So that's that, that that's right. And Bobby gives us two great things in in one little statement right there. Right? He breaks down perfectly right his thoughts on Madden. And he also gives you recipes for next Thanksgiving dinner, right? So we thank Chef Bobby for that one. So, yeah, the whole NFL and, and the football world definitely goes out to to, to Madden. And, um, you know, we're going to look forward because that's what John would want to do, right? We look it forward it absolutely build, right? would. And looking forward, uh, I, I had to look at some film. And as I was looking at some film, I actually watched the All Madden um documentary on Peacock put on by uh Fox Sports. Strongly recommend anybody to watch it. It it was an hour that you'll you'll greatly enjoy. But meanwhile, you know, I, I think we've now had a full body, a full year of work, and uh we're going into the new year. But I, I think one of the main key phrases that we had might not have been boom but it certainly was solidation. So I, I I could say without a shadow of doubt that I've had my fair share of solidations this year. What about yourself? Well, e- exactly. And I've actually had probably more than I expected this year. And again, that's one of the, you know, other bonuses about dynasty. Even if you're out, like you're always looking for that hope. Be like, Oh, I hit on this draft pick. All right. I got that for next year's future. Like, you know, and this is this is what I'm looking at this time of year. I'm looking at guys who, you know, maybe people slept on, you know, maybe they didn't produce. But again, in our eyes, like Solidation, even a guy like 
you know, flashed, right? For me, Solidation is a guy like Nico Collins, right? Who has flashed. Has he, has he, has he played well where you can play him? No, no. You know, he's still around, you know, four targets a game, but he flashed. Like you can see they throw to him. Like you can see him building that offense. Like, okay. Like, again, that's what you want to see from someone like that. Like a glimmer of hopes. Like you can't all be on the A plus side of, uh, you know, our favorite guy, the mummy returns, Mr. St. Brown, you know, who, well exceeded, you know, exceeded our expectations. But, you know, again, those that was a guy that, you know, we liked because the team didn't have anyone. And we liked him pre-draft, liked him a little bit post-draft, you know, and he had great value. You know, he had around a third-round value, top of the third round, bottom of the second round value, you know, and that's where you can find, you know, gems in dynasty drafts. People always ask me in rookie drafts, what do you find? I go, it's that second-tier receivers. Like, maybe you don't get, like, that first, you know, group of five, six guys going the first, second round. But a guy like St. Brown, you can get. Like, those are the second-tier guys you can hit on, right? And that's what you can see on, you know, the solidation of a lot of these, you know, solid players. I mean, we don't talk about Pitts. You know, we all knew he's going to be a solid player, you know, stuff like that. But, like, those later are ones, that's what you want to see. I mean, another great guy that, you know, we love to see. And, you know, he's played better than I thought at this time. I didn't think he played this well till next season, and that's Davis Mills. Right? Mills has looked really solid, shaky early in the season. I think they let the reins off and said, "Go ahead," right? And he and he's done a really, really good job. And um, I sent you it the other day, but I had a good comp for him. If you're looking, people are loving what two is doing. And it is. Miami's playing well. They're on a streak. That you know, they're beating people on a weekly basis. It's great. But Mills has the same numbers that two it does. But slightly if I asked, better. right, slightly better. But if I asked anyone in Dynasty who would they want, Tua or Mills, most people would tell you Tua all day long. Right? And I get to hesitate, right? Right, pedigree, exactly. And that's that's you know that's the thing in Dynasty that you know uh, you know that I found that has helped me is those non-pedigree guys. Like, there's the value. It, it, do I do I trust Mills that he's going to be there next year? I believe he is. I believe they think he's the quarterback of the future. But obviously, that's wait and see. I really can't see them drafting another quarterback. So again, you know, that's that's a guy like you know, solidation where guys were going before him in drafts, right? Guys like Kellen Mond went before him in the draft, useless. Like, you know, Trask is a long-term project who I like, but again, you're not going to see that for a couple of years. And that's why you know I like Mills because I thought you could see the potential a little bit more this year, and and it panned out. It's looked nice, you know, and we've seen that in you know linebackers, right? Your uh, your guy there, JOK, when he's been healthy, he's looked like a wrecking ball out there. You know, JOK, Browning, Browning, um, great one. You know, uh, there are there are guys that were significantly deeper into the draft that you know, Ernest Jones, you know, deep Ernest, flyer. Ernest Ernest Jones, um, Barnes is just starting to come into his own. Pete Warner is just starting to make a little bit of a splash. Had a great game Nick against, Bol- Nick, uh, against Nick, Nick uh, Bolton. Miami. Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton looks solid right there. Nick you Bolton know, and again, on the, on, on the on the higher side. We, you know, JOK was another one that we thought was going to probably do yeah. better, but there were definitely some guys later on. You know, those fifth and sixth round guys. Um, those were those were the fun pickups, and to see those guys actually panning out. That's that's where my solidation actually uh, 
actually is really starting to shine. Um, you know, I did say, and you've said on numerous occasions, December. It's the month of December. It's my favorite time of year. Zach Wilson, believe it or not, is actually just starting to, to deliver uh, on still a very shitty New York Jets team. Uh, some points and some consistency. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, fucking Montana. No, but you know what? But no, but he was the he was he was the better value for me because he was falling later on, right? And, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think Mac Jones is exactly who you know we said he was going to be. I like Mac Jones. We love the Patriots. It's great to see, but you see the Mac Jones who cannot throw you back in the game, right? And that's who Mac Jones is, and that's fine. Right, Wilson is the opposite. He's the guy who's going to sling it and, and throw it all over the place. They get him some little more help and stability. You know, you know, maybe that's the flash. You know, the wild card and all those quarterbacks is I'm not worried about Lawrence. That team's a dumpster fire. God, that coach coaches like a cancer. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, Lance. Lance is the guy like you'll find out this weekend. Like, you know, he, he played one game. You know, he, he's the guy who I'd have more question marks again. And I didn't love him for those reasons about, and I didn't see enough this year, you know, so that's, that's one of the guys again, but these are values, right? These are buys. And again, a guy like Lawrence, I'll bring up again, because he's a guy that I definitely would try to go buy right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could, if I could pay a first and I know I have a bottom first, and I need a quarterback. Maybe that guy's pissed at him. Right. And that there's a, there's a, those are what you're going to look at right now. I'll stay on that team. Another buy for me is Chenault. Right, because I believe that team has to get better. They can't be this bad. Right, they can't be this bad. So I'm looking around the league for guys like that on on bad dumpster fire teams. To to lose to lose a guy like Schnault, to lose a guy like Shark, to have fucking Irvin Meyer be the absolute disaster who's kicking players in their ass, and you know the furthest thing from from a coach who is more of a uh, well. Uh, you've you've ripped into Urban Meyer enough, but I I think Jacksonville does have some of the raw materials and just needs the right coach to come back in and 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 coach him up. You know, I think uh he wasn't uh, and they, you know what's funny is they were a mirror image of another team who had another shitty coach, right? Right. Chicago. And, and that, and that, no, 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 that's the Giants. Oh, but that's the Giants, right? And, and if you just think about this, like I know they had a ton of injuries, but if you look at a guy like Kenny Galladay, right? A, a guy like Ingram, right? A guy like Sterling, right? Those guys were all fantasy starters first, and then this year they become in Barkley, right? That whole team became a complete fucking dumpster fire, right? I'm in on buying those guys, honestly, and and I've had people laugh at me. I get it. But in my mind, they can't be worse next year, can they? Fuck. You got to have some sort of hope. And again, this is where you can extrapolate some sort of value. Because, I mean, I know that their wide receivers, they're signed. Like, those guys are signed. Like, you know, Shepard, you know, he's got like two more years in his deal. Galladay's there for like three more years. They're not going anywhere. And they're not just going to bench him. So, you know. Kit Toon was doing pretty well himself. Yeah. I mean, well, oh yeah, yeah, well that's right. I forgot. I, yeah, yeah, I like Tony too, and and that's going to be a three. That's the three man wide receiver core because Slayton's gone next year, and I like that. I mean, if you look at that, look at that Giants team, right? If you're telling me you got a guy like Ingram at tight end healthy, 
those three wide receivers with Shepard, Tony, Galladay, Barkley, God, if Daniel Jones can just stay healthy and give you a decent year, that's a playoff team. Right? So, I mean, those are situations that I'm looking at this time of year for the reverse solidation. Right? We love solidation and seeing, like, you know, the guys produce well this time of year, but those guys become more expensive. Like, you can't buy mm-hmm. St. Brown right now and the price isn't worth it. But I could probably I can go buy like a Michael Thomas real cheap right now. A Galladay is dirt cheap. Um, you know, a guy like Chanel you can get cheap, right? With huge upside payoff, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that eliminates the risk reward. You know, when I talk about buying guys, it's at a value. Me and you talked about it, and you know, I could have went and, and bought guys at a higher price, but I said I'd rather take a lower risk on a higher upside because then the burn's not that bad, right? And these are the, these are the things you can look for. You know, especially some of those rookies who, you know, didn't produce, you know, that we talked about, we liked. And you know, I said the other day, like Jalen, Jalen Camp, you know, played for the Texans the other day, right? 22 snaps, didn't catch a ball. To me, that's great because they brought him in, right? They activated him, so they got to trust him a little bit. And another deeper dart throw that we talked about, that, you know, that I liked was uh, was Kawan Baker, right? Saints brought him up. You know, didn't take a snap. He's on the active roster. And I look at that Saints team, all those wide receivers are almost all gone, except Michael Thomas. I'm like, again, all right, well, you know, receivers might take a couple of years. They're raw. I'm sitting on a guy like Baker. Right? I'm sitting on some of these guys, you know, because I'm looking at guys who might be leaving off that team. Right. So you can see glimpse and hopes. And then you can still give yourself hopes, even if the guy didn't produce this year. There's always hope next year because you can see like guys leaving around him. Like it, the Chargers, another perfect example, right? Um, Palmer, right? Palmer's a good buy to me because uh, Guyton's a, a free agent and so is Williams, right? So that's an opening spot, right? He's a good buy for me. Um, your boy, the tight end there, uh, Mr. Trey McKitty, right? All their tight ends are free agents. Cook's gone, they're all gone. That's the guy I'm buying, right? Did he produce anything? No. Did he show anything? No. But I'm buying for that one situation. Listen, they drafted them. They're not going to redraft another tight end. I mean, they might. I, I highly doubt they're going to do that. So those are situations that you can still solidate yourself for with the solidation because of the situation. Like next year, he'll produce because now they're going to clear out the spot for him. Right? And that's you can find a lot of value in December. December is great. You get a year full of stats. You got people who are disgruntled over players because they have no patience. It's a it's a Virus market, go out there and buy, 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 buy draft picks next year. Uh, would you? I I can't tell if you were about to start singing in sync or bye bye birdie, but either way, I was ready for them both. So yeah, yeah, it was never never going to be in sync. So bye bye birdie would have been better. So, um, you know, the not only are is this a great time to buy. For you know, players that you'll that have potential next year um, on rosters already, but you know this is a great time to kick the tires on your watch list as well. Um, you know, look, start looking at those storylines. Got a linebacker uh, that is very deep on many rosters right now. Caleb Johnson out of Chicago. Um, rookie, he showed me enough to warrant my watch list. 
the other story that intrigues me a little bit more is that there are some spaces that are going to be opening up in that uh, that linebacking core as well. And he's already gotten some snaps. He's already produced some points. It's enough for me to just, if I still have taxi squad room, pick him up, stash him on my taxi squad. Monty Rice is another one. Before he got injured, he was doing, you know, he was, he, he was hitting people. And that's all I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a pickup, not a buy for me. That linebacking core for them is like a dumpster fire with like everyone, and then Cunningham comes in. But like, yeah, yeah, I like the I like the rice upside. We always have, so um, uh, hopefully they clear out some of that dead weight and you know give him a bigger chance this year. I got a deep linebacker for you since you're gonna go there. And this is a guy I've been tracking. It's like his third year in the league and it hasn't produced, but I like the situation of where he is, right? And that's the guy. That's Cody Barton out of Seattle. Right. Guy I've tracked for a couple of years, right? And the only reason is he's sitting behind a linebacker who just will not, will not retire miss games because he's just a tackle machine right there. But eventually, eventually, I think Barton will be his replacement. So for me, I'm picking him up just in case he decides to retire at the end of the season. All right. That's fair. I mean, and that's another situation you're going to look for. A guy behind someone who's older, like, yeah, maybe he says he's going to keep playing, but you never know. February comes around, and he's just like, eh, you know what? I'm done. Dapping out. Okay. I got the backup slide right in. Boom. You know, no. and, and and you can see that in the spots. Seattle, you want those two, one of those two linebackers all day long. They're tackle machines. Seattle's going to be a fun team to watch as a collective, um, just honestly, because – I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of shakeup in that that locker room this year. Uh, what what Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson really wanted to put out on the field this year versus what showed up. They're night and day. You know, I I, I think uh, best part about December is that you get to revisit everything that happened over the year. Uh, it's an odd year, but I think you know this is going to start to become the normality of, of, of the league. And that's how oh, COVID happened. Um, uh, the amount of IR moves that were, that you needed to pay attention to that you, the major lesson and takeaway I, I got this year was depth and making sure that I had enough guys to slide in, in the 11th hour. Cause you never knew which yeah. one was going to die. Double depth, right? Double depth. That's what you need. You need double depth. Yeah, exactly. You know, but the the funny part about Seattle is pretty much all their offense returns except for like Rashad Penny. Right? They're all coming back right, right? So that's one from this year. I'll give you one from next year that literally is a complete dumpster fire, and that's that fucking Green Bay team. God, every receiver's gone. Rodgers, I'm like, holy shit. That's a team I'm like, yep, yeah, uh, I, I want I want out. Like I, I, I want out. Like if I'm not in the finals right now, I'm honestly moving Adams. Like that concerns me. I mean, and I'll give you another guy who kind of concerns me, and we've talked about him, and that's the two Pittsburgh receivers for the same reason. Like I don't know who's playing quarterback next year. I don't trust that. Claypool's always already erratic. You know, Washington gets a volume of targets, but he doesn't produce big games. But he's very steady, steady rock solid player. Absolutely. If you have to but flip again, between the two, you keep Washington, you get rid of Claypool, but you still have Juju 
who could potentially oh, you get John, you, mean, you mean you mean you mean John, you mean uh you mean Johnson there. Yeah. Deontay whatever. Johnson. Deontay Johnson. You knew what I meant. Um, so Washington's a free agent. He is on the team, but Washington's gone too. He's a free agent. I like him too. He's a nice he's a nice guy. If he's available, pick him up. I like Washington. Good talent to go somewhere else. Claypool showed to me in it was a, a couple of weeks ago in the fourth quarter. They were driving. Uh they got the first down and they had no timeouts left. Instead of placing the ball, getting a reset, he's celebrating and takes critical moments off the clock. And in turn, they ended up losing the game. And that was the moment in which I said, I'm probably done with this guy unless something significant changes in that locker room from a personnel standpoint. And maybe he sharpens up. Um, You know, football IQ is big to me. And that was a moment in which you showed me that you you simply don't have it. Your head wasn't in the game. You were more happy about your moment in time than you were about the game. So, and you're right. So that's one of those X factors that, you know, we talk about all the time and that I've used for a long time and good eye. Right. And the difference is, is in, and when Bobby had this revelation and that happened, he asked me why I didn't like him when he came out. Right. And I told him the story. I saw, I had one red flag with Claypool going into the draft process. Teams asked him, Hey, would you play tight? At, no, I'm a wide receiver. Would you play tight? No, I'm a wide receiver. I'm not playing any other position. That's not a football player to me. It's not a team player to me. Quarterbacks have done it. They're a different animal. Listen, if a team asks you to play, you're playing, right? A guy, when a guy like that hard knows, for me, that's a red flag to me. To me, that's not a team player automatically to me. And I saw that when he was coming to the draft. You know, right or wrong, those are things I see. And, again, red flags don't change. Like, characters, guys don't change. He's, he's erratic. He's a flash. But, you know, this this teams this teams who have like free agency who are going to be wide open. Another one, Arizona. Well, all those wide receivers are gone, except for Hopkins and um, Rondell Moore. And Rondell Moore, right? I think that's a great spot so, for Rondell Moore. I I think and and their running backs are gone. That whole offense is going to be different next year. Like that's a team I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch who they sign or draft at tight end, a wide receiver, and running back. They don't have any. <laughs> And that's an offense that <laughs> needs to change. And um, they have a bunch of salary raw materials. They've got a bunch Ooh, of the raw imagine, materials. Imagine, imagine Adams going there, too. Adams and Hopkins. Ooh. Can't pay them both, though, but that would be fucking – that'd be pretty. I could see a guy like Cooper going there. I could, I, could, I could see a guy like Amari Cooper going there, even though he's got two more they, years with, with Dallas. And their cap hit is – their cap hit's pretty big. Even trading them that cap hits pretty big in some of these guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are situations you can track like teams like that, like, you know, wide open spots, and you can pick up some of these guys who are going to be, you know, free agencies or, you know, this is a good time to recognize like what's going on next year, right? Recognize what's going to happen in Pittsburgh, right? Najee Harris, I don't think, he, you know, it really affects him. Um, a guy we like there, free of mouth, right? Great this year. More than I thought he he would show this year in year one. Awesome. I think those guys are solid. But those receivers, 
Yeah, I got a little concerned, right? I got you definitely got to be. I mean, yeah, they could come in and bring in a quarterback, and they could you know produce exactly like they were with Ben. Minnesota really exposed that offensive line, though. Minnesota just blew up Roethlisberger. That was only a couple weeks ago. Well, he can't um, move either. It's not like the old Ben who can scramble out. I mean, he's you know he he's he's Drew Bledsoe at this point in his career. Like, and he knows it. Like, he can't really go anywhere. I mean, if he does, well, he'd probably snap a knee. So I mean, I, think I don't blame the guy. Guy's one of the toughest quarterbacks I've seen. I, I won't. I am the furthest thing from disputing that point. If anything, what I am more so concerned with is the fact that you have a guy like Roethlisberger who can stand in that pocket until the very last moment, except he's got no pocket to stand in. So, you know, true. I, I, my, my big concern is and one of the things that I'm going to be watching this year in the draft is who's picking up the big guys games won and lost in the trenches and who's, who's going after, you know, linemen in the first couple of rounds. Those those are going to be some some key components that I'm looking at. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a deep quarterback buy, right? And a guy I loved and still love, right? And potentially we see him this weekend, right? And that's Sammy Slinger, right, Mister Sam Ellinger. You know, I'll give you I'll give you the reasons why he's a buy, right? Even if he doesn't play, you don't see anything from this weekend. Carson Wentz, right, and especially if that any team loses in the playoffs. If they come up short in the playoffs with the year that Jonathan Taylor has and you're just asking a little bit from Wentz and he can't produce, they can get out of Wentz after next year. Right? And absolutely doesn't cost them anything. Like next year is basically his last guaranteed year. Right? So I want a guy like Ellinger behind a guy like Wentz who hasn't. Uh, again, if I put Mac Jones in that team, I think he has the same numbers that Wentz does. Right? And and teams know this, right? So teams can recognize some of this stuff and, you know, they can jug around, you know, the cap. And when you're paying a rookie, you're paying them cheap money. You can build a cap and sign more free agents, you know, and that's another team where I'm tracking wide receivers. I look at that indie team. Um, oh, the tight end there. Grayson's a great buy. Um, Doyle's the only yes. one left next year, but I love, we love Grayson right there. Um, you know, and those are, Situations you can you can still see and like hold on to and, and whatever you do, don't bail. Right? Don't be the guy to be like ah, you know, Alger plays this weekend. He plays like shit. Like they'll be like ah, this guy's gonna be nothing. Fine, trade him. Hold on to him. What's it hurt in the offseason? You see what happens. You know, um so you were talking about tight end darlings. Tommy Tremble um, is yes. is still still young enough. And on a roster that favors the run, even by its quarterback. So I'm not really surprised that he's not getting the two more years. Uh, the, uh, they, yeah, draft, they drafted they draft a quarterback next year, and he and he plays them next year. The year after, Tommy Tremble gets unlocked and, and is playable. Uh, he's on that he he looks on that three year trajectory. Absolutely nice call. And, and and he he's been just he he's played well enough to stay on the field and he's getting the snaps. That to me was the most exciting part about uh, Tommy Tremble this year. Um, you know, was he Pat? Absolutely not. Uh, but it was one of the reasons why I wanted a guy like Tommy 
because I thought he could still produce later on in the draft. So, you know, solidation. Um, well, one, you want to talk about, uh, want to talk about projects. I finally got to see a project that I've been, uh, I've been excited to see um, hit the field this past Monday night. That was Ian Book. Oh, give me the book on book. Give me the book. Fourth. He was the fourth quarterback on that death uh, on that fucking uh, on that Saints Saints roster, and um, third or fourth. I mean, either way, he was far on, far down on that uh, on that depth chart. But came up off the practice squad this week because of COVID and the IR situation with Winston. And you know what was fantastic? He was one for one, first snap. Yeah, on his first pass. He was then one for two, real quick, with a pick six on that play. <laughs> the boy. Let me ask you something. Continue. Let me ask you something. He threw that throw. Did he ever make that throw again in the game? I don't think he ever threw that same ball again. And I hope he did because he learned and wasn't scared about it. Right. And that's that was great. That was great. Pick six. I went shit off of that. I'm like, hey, it was my thing with all of that. What I was really watching was his composure throughout the game. And my biggest takeaway from it was the fact that he stayed composed throughout. Went back, you know, dusted off his dusted off his shoulders, and sat down in front of his surface tablet. Saw what happened. Saw the breakdown. And he was evolving. It also doesn't help when Miami is blitzing almost 85% of its snaps. He doesn't have time to even make his progressions. So the fact that he was able to make any completions was was a feat in of itself, and that's what I was most impressed by. The composure throughout the game and the fact that he was level-headed, that to me spoke volumes. He didn't necessarily get overly rattled by the pressure, he was doing everything he could to play with it. And this was his first full-speed reps all year. All year. Practice included. I don't know. I I, I, I saw enough to say I'm not getting rid of the kid anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, you know what I saw? Right? You talk about, like, you know, patience and, uh, you know, guys trying to get open. What I saw is him look at you know at the sideline being like, what guys? Now our receivers get open because they're a goddamn dumpster. If you give me no weapons, you know, no weapons is my running back, so they see coming. I got no can get open basically at all. One guy can run on the sideline like my Hail Mary, which I'm not doing. I thought you know, these young guys you know, we saw Mills earlier in the season, it was the same thing. Like they put these game plans in and they try to play safe. Ball as much as they can not to expose these kids and get them killed. And that's the you know, you see, you know, but again, crack, uh, you know, the best comp you ever use. If you ever see a rookie quarterback and you thought know, he'd have a great game, and I don't know how you're going to look that good. Was he sandbottled? Did he see ghosts? He didn't see ghosts. I'm all right with him. Right? If he didn't just completely break down and just start turning the ball at a rapid rate, right? and he didn't get good ball security. You know, he made two bad throws, whatever. He was trying. Like, 
behind in the game. His receiver trash. He was perfect in the scheme of what they're going to let him do and how much he knows. So, again, is taking a little, you know, it's that progression. It's a slow base. Like, they went out and, you know, and that's the one thing that this whole is you, you've got to see more glimpses of guys that you probably wouldn't have. Like, Brooks probably would have never took a snap. And Ellinger, if he doesn't be in the same situation, he would have all injuries. So it actually helps a little bit because you can see a little bit of some of that glimpse. And, you know, maybe the team, they'll stick around. But, yeah, again, he's, a guy, he's definitely another guy I like to buy. You know, Winston's a free agent, you know, so a quarterback situation, you know, just I mean, he's a guy. He's a guy I like more than I like you know, Kellen Mond or have books in Kellen Mond. Absolutely, all that. Um, so, I mean, it's always exciting to see you guys start. I mean, see him, see him play, and sometimes, especially these later round guys that we talk about, you know, it's worth it's worth the down throw. Quarterbacks take a little longer, you know, but it's worth it. It's worth the patience. Hey, do you know the one position that we're not bringing up as a buy? What's that one position that we're not bringing up as a buy? Oh, that'd be running back. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, uh, we we've mentioned maybe two running backs this whole show. <laughs> so I'm actually gonna give you a couple of running back buys, right? I'm gonna give you a couple, right? One of them is Saquon Barkley. If you can get him less than Saquon Barkley value, I know he hasn't produced well this year. I'm paying for the upside again, below value. The other two guys I'd buy is I'd buy Najee Harris right now at his price because it's gonna go up, not down. And Travis Etienne, right? Another guy that people forgot about me, I can get him at cost. I can get him for a first, you know, and then I... You know, are you paying that. a first? Are you paying a first for him? Or are if, you trying to move a, players for him? Uh, well, I'm always trying to move players for, for, for guys like that if I can. If, if I'm picking at the bottom of the first round, I'm fine with that. You know, at the top, nah, I'm probably not paying for that. But if you're picking at the bottom of the round, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd pay for a guy like, you know, Guy like Etienne. Again, that's the few running backs that I like to buy. You know, a guy on a down year like like Barkley, who people don't, you know, aren't sold on 100%. And I get it. You know, and a guy who's out, like guys on the IR, a guy like Etienne, people must, you know, might have forgot, right? Or the owner, you know, might see that Jacksonville team is never going to be good and they're a shit show. So, you know, those are guys, maybe you can get them at cost. And again, at cost, people be like, well, it's not really a value. Well, it will be because their price goes up if they play better. So, like, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, you know, we talked about another guy is Michael Thomas. You know, he's another guy that I would buy all day. You can get him at that price. I own him everywhere, and I'm not giving him up. But, you know, those are the guys that you could look at in those situations. But running backs are a real tough buy this time of year. Um, you know, unless you're getting a good value on, like, you know, somebody's dumping a McCaffrey because they're tired of the injuries, then, you know, that's the guy you go buy. But at non, non-injured backs – there's not too many I, I like to buy this time of year because you can you can get more stable long term players and you can you can hit on rookie backs more during the draft. You can take that shot in this non deep draft, which I'm loading up on draft picks everywhere I can. Take two shots, take three running backs this year. You've seen the rapid rate of guys going down. I'm just gonna load up next year and see what happens. And there's a lot of team who needs running backs. There's a lot of teams, you know, like that Houston team. They got no running backs. I said, you know, the Cardinals have no running backs. Um, you know, the, uh, the Falcons have pretty much pits and nobody else. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of open Miami could use a running back. There's a lot of teams who need running backs. Um, 
So, you know, there's those teams are going to draft those teams are going to go get running backs. Like they're, they're, they're bringing up these Le'Veon Bells, these old motherfuckers because there's nobody else available. So you know, those, are, those are spots where I'm looking at. And that's why I laugh when people talk about this draft class next year. And the NBA is not good. But again, what, what history Way shows too us, early. Not Way exactly. too early. What history shows us is like rookie running backs play more often than any other position. Out of desperation need, yeah, maybe, but it happens. Like, just sit on. Like, this year was kind of a thin class, so it was hard to do. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there who could, you know, gonna be, you know, Seattle is losing all their running backs, but Carson, so I'm sure they'll look at someone. Like, there's a lot of positions like that where you can, you know, look at positions. I'll give you another cheap buy, and I don't love the guy, but you could probably get him below what someone paid for him. And that's, that's Trey Sermon, who I didn't love. But, again, the landing spot's good. They paid a high pick for him. They did pay a high pick for him, but I mean, Elijah Mitchell was the cheaper one and certainly played pretty well, all things considered. Well, when I when I say when I say buy cheaply, if I could give up a bench player to go get him, I would do that. If I can give up someone who I don't start and go get him, I'd take that risk roll. But that's the situation I'm looking for on a buy. I'm looking for unknown with huge upside. Compared to you know something like you're not buying you know Javante Williams and I you're not paying that price it's where he's worth more than what you should. actually you should buy Williams I'll change that you should buy Williams right now because his price is going to go way up because Gordon's a free agent and he's gone like he he's a he's a definite buy if I can pay I, I'd give a first round pick for him all day but nobody's going to give that up because they saw it so the value is in the unknown like that's the value when when you hear owners like eh, I don't know how he's going to be next year what do you want from him? I'll take that risk, right? That's where you get the value. And Dynasty's all about value, right? And you know what we're all about? We're all about wishing everyone a happy new year. And seriously, everyone stay safe. And this has been a crazy wild year. And it's been a GM test for everybody. And I know I've talked to people. I've tried to help along the season. And I hope that, you know, me and Bobby here has helped a little bit throughout your Dynasty season. Hopefully entertain you a little bit. You know, we do what we can when we can to help you guys out. But in all seriousness, you know, this is all fun. Don't take it too seriously. And uh, let's enjoy some football and have a happy new year, right? 2022. Happy new year.